Uh, thanks, Tamara. Thanks, Tamara. And uh, welcome, I add my welcome to church this morning. Great to have Linda and your family here too. Powerful story of what God's doing in your life, uh, Linda. Um, and a great privilege uh, this morning to launch our Missions Month. Um, as you, you'll see, please check out the newsletter, a number of events that we can all engage in throughout this month to learn more about who God is, his world, and our part in his great plans throughout the world. I did want to just uh, focus on the event on Saturday the 14th, um, the cultural celebration. We, one of the, the things I love most about God is that his love is for all people. All people from all nations, there's no one excluded. And that the, the beauty and the brilliance of his kingdom is shown when people from all nations join together in unity. And uh, we will be celebrating that on that Saturday. Please come, register, uh, bring some food. Um, as you register, you can even register what nation you were born um, from as well. So we just get a big picture of, of um, us as a family here. But as just a show of hands, um, I did this in the eight, and it was amazing. How many people here this morning were born in another nation? Can you just raise your hands? Isn't it beautiful? Yeah, let's put our hands together. I, I, I think, I, I know actually, when we gather together in unity, it speaks of God's love, what unifies us in, in Jesus. And actually, we got some of the people from our church from different nations just to share a little bit of a greeting and a video um, of what God's done in their life. Enjoy as we look on the screens. everyone. That's good day in Torres Strait Islander language. I am Eddie Watkin. I was born on the lands of the Gimoy, Wallabara, Yindinchi peoples in Cairns. I met Jesus at a fairly young age in primary school. I love God because he is my heavenly father, he is my protector, and he is my rock. I came to meet Jesus for the first time 10 years ago now at the 6.30pm service at Bridgie. And I am thankful for all that God is in our lives, for his unconditional love and for his constant word. That is just a reminder to each and every one of us of just how much he loves and cares for us. God has performed many miracles in my life and has always been faithful. I love the Lord and want to continue to experience the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. I met the Lord on the 20th of December, 1985. And I can tell you with all certainty that it's the best decision I've made in my life. It's been worth having the Lord in my life, a shield or double. I love Jesus because uh, through difficult times of my life, He always has been there to take care of me, uh, my family. And I know through Him all things are possible. For me, it's, it's love. And um, I love the God's kingdom because we do serve a God that although He's all-powerful, he defined himself as love, and I think that's amazing. 23 years ago, somebody introduced me Jesus like a good friend. And nowadays, I'm still feeling his kindness, his love, his compassion, his care for my family. And I just have to say thank you, Jesus, for all what you've done for me and my family. Bye-bye. Thank you. Ciao. 
I'm thankful to God for everything what he has done from the day one till today. I'm here today with my family in Australia only because of my God's presence or God's grace. I was born in Iraq. I came to Australia in 2019. And since the Christmas 2019, and my faith is growing in this church, which I call it home and family. And shukran. We put our hands together for all those that contributed. This is the family of God. It's just beautiful, beautiful thing. We want to celebrate that over this month. And, and I'm going to read from one of my favourite Psalms that speaks again of this heart that God has for all nations. Would you read with me as we look at Psalm 67 this morning? The Psalmist writes, says, May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine on us so that your ways may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. May the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. May the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you rule the peoples with equity and guide the nations of the earth. May the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. The land yields its harvest. God, our God, blesses us. May God bless us still so that all the ends of the earth will fear him. So we want to look at this morning. This psalm, you might notice some tones in there, comes from a blessing that the priests in Israel prayed over the people. Um, you might even hear it prayed here over children as we dedicate them. It's called the Aaronic Blessing. And the first thing I want to bring out in this text is that it is good to come before God and ask for his blessing. It's, it's a good thing to ask for uh, God's blessing over your life, over your family, over us as a church, over our community. You might think, well, that's a natural thing to say, but... Often we can have these thoughts in our, our mind or our heart to think, well, um, would God really bless me? Um, am, am I worthy of God's blessing? Surely with all of my weakness and inadequacies, my faults, you know, I could think even the last few days in my own life, there's many reasons why God uh, may not bless me or that I don't deserve his blessing. Sometimes we might even have the thought, well, I'm doing okay. There are people in much greater need than me. Surely I don't need God's blessing. Maybe it's better that God gives it to them. And there's a, a, a conclusion there that's made that there's a limit to God's blessing. There's no limit to God's blessing. He wants to bless all people. That's in his heart, the heart of a father. Jesus speaks of his father. He said, if an earthly father had a son and the son asked for a loaf of bread, what earthly father would give a stone? Wouldn't. If, if a son comes to a father and asks for fish, which father would ever give a snake, Jesus says. And if you as earthly fathers know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more does your God, your heavenly father, love you and want to bless you? And we've heard that so eloquently put by Linda that we can come to him as a father in every situation and every circumstance and know his blessing. But how do we come before God and ask for his blessing? On, on what grounds 
would we come before God and ask for his blessing? Well, we get a hint when we read this, this verse. It says, may God be gracious to us. We come before God and we ask for his blessing only and solely because of his grace. And that makes all the difference. Grace is undeserved favour. It's, it's um, favour on your life, on my life, the goodness of God coming into and upon our life, not because we deserve it, but because he is gracious. It's undeserved. And that makes all the difference because if I come to God with any sense of, the, of grounds of what I am and what I've done or haven't done, I will doubt whether God would bless me. But if my trust is in the character of God and who he is, that he loves me, that he is gracious towards me, that even on my worst day, he is willing to bless me, not because of who I am or what I've done, but because of who he is and because of his heart, then we can have confidence of his blessing in our lives. And as we launch Missions uh, Month, I, I wanna just say to us all here this morning, that way of approaching God according to his grace is very, very unique. Across the world, humanity is in various different forms in, its, in and of itself trying to make way to God, to do things to please God. We do it in our own lives, but across the world in religions, there's this sense that man must do something right or according to rules or rituals, and then the favour or the blessing of God would come. And if you look at, I just want to take you to different parts of the world, if we went to Nepal or Tibet, uh, the Tibetan Buddhists there, they don't believe in a deity, but they're believing in, in, in working towards nirvana or peace. I was talking to John O'Redman, who's just been over to Nepal. I was talking to him yesterday. He said, if some, a Tibetan Buddhist does something wrong, they would go to the monk, and the monk would often say to them, what you need to do is, is prostrate yourself on the, you know, just on the ground, lay flat, pray, prostrate yourself, stand up, pray, continue that, do it again and again and again till you get to the next holy place. If you look on YouTube, you'll see this. These three women did it for 25 to 35 days along the road. You can see pictures of them along highways at times, getting to the next holy place. Why? To get towards peace and blessing in their um, belief system. That's not grace. If you go into um, South Asia, um, Bangladesh, India, and um, also Nepal, uh, you will come across people called the Dalit, Dalit people who are the, the lowest of the low within the Hindu caste system. They are seen as untouchable. And if you ask them about approaching God, they would think that they could never even imagine approaching God because they are so dirty, they are so broken, they are so untouchable. Even to interact with people from higher class systems, they would taint them. So the others see them as untouchable, so if a Dalit has drunken out of a tea cup, they would break that cup in case someone would follow along and, and drink that too, because they're untouchable. They, they grow up with this message that they are of le less value than animals that millions and millions of Dalit people living under this system. Across the Muslim world, billions of people that 
are hoping through religious rituals that they will do enough on the good side rather than the evil side that Allah might have mercy on them. Billions of people not knowing that there is a God who loves them, who has created them, but who is gracious to them. How is he gracious? Well, isn't it amazing? In the scriptures we read, God so loved the world that he sent his son. What did God do? God didn't wait for humanity to do something to come to him. God came into to humanity, laid down his life and he said, I have taken your sin. I have taken your guilt. I have taken your shame. I have, have um, broken down that divide between God and humanity so blessing and love and grace could come. That is the unique aspect of Christianity in the world. That we worship a God of love and grace and a God who has come to rescue his people. Jesus said, I've come to seek and to save the lost. I've come to give life and life to the full. And yet so many are still living under, billions and billions of people living under these systems where they do not know his grace. As we look at this passage further, we'll come across a uh, phrase that says, and may his face shine upon you. What does that mean? Um, There's a sense of favour or a a smile, um, like a, a father over a child smiling and blessing, but it actually relates to God's presence and his power. Um, so if you read through Exodus, there's this story of Moses, and he, Moses is in this dialogue with God, and he says, I am not going to go, God, unless you go with me. And interestingly, in the translation, God says, my face will go before you. It's like his face is the same as presence. He's saying, when he says, my face shine upon you, it's like my presence will be with you, my presence will be upon you, and as we learn in the New Testament, my presence will be in you. For whatever situation and circumstance you find in your life, I will be with you. That is the blessing of God, and many blessings flow out of that, but the greatest blessing that he gives is himself and his presence in our lives. If you can imagine, if if God's presence comes into our lives, his unconditional love seeps into our heart, into the deepest parts of our hearts, into the insecurities in our lives, that unconditional love, that changes us. When, When his peace comes into the turmoil and the anxiety and the fears in our lives, that changes us. When, when um, his joy comes, totally um, disconnected with, from the situations and circumstances, when we experience his presence, that changes us. Uh, Charles Spurgeon uh, wrote this about the, the, the difference that the presence of God in our lives and his smile on our lives makes. He said, why should I worry when God smiles on me? What does it matter if all of the world disapproves if God's countenance is on his servant? A look of approval from God creates a deep delight within the soul. Beautiful, isn't it? When God's presence and his unconditional love and grace comes into our heart, so different 
to situations and circumstances all around the world when so many are yearning for that, but in their own strength trying to attain it. As we continue in this this passage, there's a, a big switch, a really important word in this passage, and that is the word that. Let me read it. It says, may God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us so that that your ways may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations, may peoples praise you, may they be filled, may they be glad and filled with joy. Do you see that? May God be gracious to us, may he bless us, may his presence come into our lives and we experience that blessing, but that, it's a, it's a purpose statement, the, the reason for this is that your ways would be known, your ways of salvation known in the nations, that other people will praise you, that the peoples of the earth will be filled with joy. The blessing comes that others would be blessed through it. Bless my life, bless our life as a church, the church worldwide, that the Buddhists would know, that the the Muslim people would know that grace and that love, that my neighbour might know, that others would know God's grace in their lives. If you look through scriptures, you might think, oh, um, this is a big thing, that this is God's purpose for my life, and I'd say it is, for my life and for your life, this is our purpose. I say that not just because of this passage, but because of all of scripture. So if you go back in scripture and you have an unknown God who's wanting to reveal himself to the world, how is he going to do it? Well, he chooses a man called Abram in Genesis 12, and he says this to him. He says, I will make you a great nation. That's what he's going to do. He's going to bless him and make him a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you. And all the peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. Do you see that? Right from the beginning and wanting to be known in all of the world, God said, I'm going to choose you, Abram, and I'm going to bless you. I'm going to build you as a nation. I'm going to pour out my blessing upon you that the nations will know. And the Israelites didn't necessarily, like us, didn't do it perfectly, but that was God's mode of operation. And as you read through the scriptures, you will see this over and over again. And we've looked more recently at the exodus and entrance into the Canaan land, uh, land of Canaan in this Joshua series. You'll remember that the Israelites leaving Egypt have come to the Red Sea. They're stuck and the, the um, Egyptians are chasing them. God parts the sea, they go through, and then the um, waters cover the, the, the armies and they're, they're killed and destroyed. And in that, after that, God says, I did this, I brought you out of Egypt that the Egyptians would know that I am the Lord, I am God. He's saying, I'm doing these things that people would see how great and glorious who I am. And then ongoing, we heard the story a few weeks ago of Rahab. Very interesting, Rahab had heard this story of the Egyptians, uh, sorry, the Israelites coming out of the Egyptians and this is what Rahab said. She said, When we heard of it, our hearts melted in fear and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on the earth below. So through that, Rahab from another nation is realizing that God 
is Lord of heaven above and earth below. And then if you read that story, she comes to know God's grace and favour in her life. If you read through Daniel, the story of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, and then also um, Daniel in the lion's den, you would think, what is God doing putting them into these scenarios, near-death scenarios? What is God doing? But you read at the conclusion of both of those stories, Darius and Nebuchadnezzar, kings and rulers of the time, both sent out decrees that their nation would worship and honour the God of Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. God, again, working in his people to show the world how great and how big and glorious he is. Even in the New Testament, we see when God gives his presence, the Holy Spirit, to come and live within us, there is a purpose or a reason for that. Not just that we would know him and know his spirit in us, but it says in Acts 1.8, when you receive power from the Holy Spirit coming on you, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. The purpose for us receiving the presence of God in our life is not just for us, but the purpose is that we would be his witnesses to the ends of the earth. And then finally, I've taken this from the beginning, right at the end, this is a picture of heaven. Now, some of you might have seen crowds over this weekend, crowds at the MCG, there's a pretty big crowd there, there'll probably be a pretty big one in Sydney tonight as well, but let me take you to a picture of the final crowd. In Revelation 7, 9, 10, it says, After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, bigger than the 100,000 at the MCG, from every nation, every tribe, every people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands, and they cried out in a loud voice, people from every tribe and tongue, Salvation belongs to God, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. That, that's the wrap-up. That's the conclusion. That's the crowd. People from every tribe and tongue. And the purpose of God's blessing in our life is that it would flow to the ends of the earth that others would know. That is the purpose. I can tell you the purpose of your life right now. A biblical purpose for your life is that, the, that all people would know how great God is. I love David Platt's summary statement. He says, The blessing of God is not intended to end with me, but the blessing of God is to spread through me. The blessing of God is not intended to end with me, but the blessing of God is intended to spread through me. And then John Piper speaks of this blessing coming into our life and through our life, and he says this, he says, There is another point implied with this main one of blessing. If God blesses his people for the sake of the nations, then God is most likely to bless us when we are planning and longing and praying to bless the nations. If God wants his goods to get to the nations, then he will fill the truck that's driving towards those nations. He will bless the church that's pouring itself out for unreached peoples of the world. When we move towards the unreached peoples, we are not earning God's blessing. We are leaping into the river of blessing that is already flowing to the nations. That's the, the, project, the trajectory of what God is doing. The danger, though, as, as David Platt says, is that there is a dick disconnect from the blessing of God 
to the purpose of God. The, the, the grace of God, a disconnect with the purpose of God. So I've got an, what, what he's saying there, and I'll just try and illustrate it here, if Peter can help me out. Um, another illustration for us today. There's a great call on your life, one that's um, maybe you didn't realise, and that is that you are called to be a pipe, okay? You've got a new identity today, you can walk out. You are called to be a pipe. We are not called to be buckets. A, a bucket is filled and it holds whatever is poured into it. It holds it. It keeps it. The other thing about a bucket is there's a limit to the capacity of that bucket. Once it's full, there's no more room in that bucket. God is saying we're not a bucket, we're we're pipes. When God's blessing comes into our life, it's not to be held, it's not to be contained, it's to flow. A, A pipe, anything that comes in a pipe will flow in the pipe. And the beauty of a pipe is that in one sense, there's there's no limit to the capacity. If if it's going to continue to flow, God's grace continues to flow, continues to bless us, it will just continue to to flow. You can imagine some of the water that's pumped through a pipe, how much just flows through a pipe as it continues to be a pipe compared to a bucket. Like within seconds, that bucket could be filled. God doesn't call us to be buckets. God calls us, yes, to receive the grace of God, the love of God. We are so blessed as people in so many different ways, spiritually, materially, our gifts, everything we are. We are so blessed by God, but it is not for us to keep and to hold. It's for us to give and to leverage and to use for God, for other people, and the pipes would be going all the way to the least reached people that have never even heard of Jesus. When he says peoples, there's 10,000 individual people groups in this world, 11,000. Two billion people that are still even yet to hear of the saving news of Jesus, let alone receive it. It's not that they've rejected it, they're still waiting to see it. And God is saying, be pipes that go to the outer ends of the earth that people will know, that we will share that blessing. Paul writes to Timothy as he's, Building the the new church there, he says, command those who are rich in the present world. We're we're all rich in a number of ways, not just financially. Rich in the present world. Not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so they may take hold of the life that is truly life, is what he says. That we lay up treasure, treasure in heaven, in eternity, and take hold of life that is truly life. The, The message of the world will be to just hold, 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 keep store, but the message of Jesus is the opposite, that his kingdom is one to say, let it flow. Let it flow. Why does he say that? Not that God wants to um, hold anything back from us, but that he could give us more and more, the more that we give and the more that we share, not just financially, the knowledge that we have, the wisdom that we have, the experiences, the gifts, the more that we share, the more his blessing will flow in and through our lives. And if God has that great purpose to bless people's outside of ourselves into the nations, why would he not 
continue to bless those that are pipes moving and looking out of self and out to others within this world. Uh, the great um, American businessman, R.G. Latorno, was once asked, how could he give 90% of his income away each year, but then still get richer every year? Um, he smiled and he confessed when asked. He said, I keep shoveling it out, but God keeps shoveling it back in, and his shovel is so much bigger than mine. Isn't that a good little illustration there? I keep shoveling it out. I keep pouring it out, but the reservoir where it's coming from, it just keeps coming more and more. If you look at that illustration, his capacity is just growing and growing in terms of the size of the pipe as he continues to give away. As we look at this, I'm really aware, like as you look at millions and billions of people and we sit here and go, what am I going to do? I don't know if you ever feel that, like it, sometimes it can, be, can nearly feel overwhelming. But I want to encourage us to, to take one step towards those that have never heard about Jesus. Today, over this month in your life, to, to maybe pray for one of those groups, to learn more about one of those groups, to support someone who's working within those groups, to ask God, how can my life be, in a, in a growing way, a pipe to bless other people? And also, throughout this month, I just wanted to share a few practical ways that we can engage here at Bridgman. The first one is the, the Operation Christmas Child that, that Tamara has spoken about, simply filling a, a box, a shoebox, uh, with gifts for, for people, for children around the world. This is an amazing ministry. 170 countries these shoe boxes go to. Um, and there, what is it, 11 million um, children will receive one of these shoe boxes this year. And I want to share a story of one of those um, children, it's Danina, who lived in the Middle East. Now, where she grew up, there was um, less than 3% Christian, 97% non-Christian in, in the Middle East where she grew up. And she grew up in poverty and she'd never ever received anything new, nothing, not one gift in her life as a five-year-old at this stage, never knew. And she prayed. Um, her mum and dad had become Christians and she prayed that she would receive a gift. Um, not only that, their family in this area of the world, they wanted to keep in touch with the news and they wanted a radio and they'd never ever received a radio. And then they found out that they were being given a, a Christmas shoebox and the story goes that she was actually, she had to walk home, she got the box, she walked it home over an hour to go home to open up this box. And in this box she opened up coloured pencils, toys, all these things, these new gifts that she'd never ever received before. But also she received a little radio. Someone from the other side of the world had been led to put it into this box and then it went to their family. And this made such an impact on her that God had not forgotten her, that God loved her and that God provided for her a simple gift of love. Someone looking outside of themselves, putting together that box and it's going to, these boxes will go to 11 million people. Why don't you just consider putting together one of those boxes. You don't know where it's going to go, but God will guide and direct it to, to an individual. In those boxes, there's, there's more information about Jesus for the kids to read, and they're connected with the local church as well. Just one simple way we can look and, and bless those across the nations. I want to encourage us 
to support our workers, many long-term workers from the church here out in Cambodia, the Middle East, and different parts of the world. I want to encourage each of us to find out more about them and how we can support them. Uh, This week I read Sandra Perry's newsletter and uh, she was sharing how in the prisons, now supporting three prisons there, um, that there are 180 prisoners that are learning about Jesus through Bible lessons, uh, chickens and the agricultural um, plantations within the prisons that are helping with the diet there. We can support workers like Sandra. And, And this month we're taking up an offering Um, to bless all of those workers and the projects that they want to invest in, to bless those people on the ground. You and I can't go to the Middle East, but we can support those that are in the Middle East. We can't maybe go to Cambodia, but we can support and encourage us to to be pipes, to let, let the blessing flow in and through us to those in other parts of the world. Uh, there's an event there also, um, I won't mention names, but details there on the 19th of October here uh, in, at Bridgman of an organisation and a ministry that's impacting some of the least reached in South Asia. Um, Just have a look in your, I'm not going to mention it online here, but have a look in your newsletter and come along to that event. You'll be inspired and hear about some of these groups that I've I've just touched on today. And then finally, uh, I want to encourage um, people to consider maybe playing a role in our English ministries. Our English ministries are all growing Um, All of them are asking me, is there more volunteers that can help us out, whether that be online or in person? And they are welcoming people from, you know, 10 to 15 different nations every week, 70 to 80 people. And I just wanted to share this story um, about the English online. And some of you have given generously to the English online platform, which we say thank you. And Caleb just mentioned this week, it's getting very close. There's two little parts to continue. But I wanted to share this story. One of our teachers was had taught her lesson and then received an email the following week and the person said, "Um, I heard in your class about Jesus and I I really don't know anything about Jesus. How would I find out more? And this teacher emailed back and showed this student how to download the version Bible app onto their phone in their language that they could read about Jesus. They had no idea who Jesus was. Isn't that incredible that in our own homes online we can share Jesus with people that have never, ever heard. There are billions of people that have never heard, but this is one way, just a small way, that we can reach people that have never heard, and they can know about his love and his grace. As I said, billions of people trying all sorts of ways to attain favor with God when God has said, I've come. I've done it in Jesus. I want to bless you. I want to love you, and, and I want to use uses us to do that. Just to conclude here today, I thought, you know, this is a a psalm that's based out of a prayer that's prayed over the Israelite people. It's prayed over groups of people. And I thought just to conclude, if if you might just stand with me, I want to pray this psalm over us as a church and us as individuals and, and families. So would you pray with me? Lord, May you be gracious to us and bless us. Even in in your seats there, maybe just open up your hands and, and, and don't feel afraid to say, God, would you please bless me, Lord? Bless my family, business, work, situation, life, my relationships. Lord, we ask for your blessing and we know it comes because of your grace. 
And Lord, we pray that your face would shine upon us. That Lord, we would know your presence and your love infiltrating all of our being and our heart and being used to bless others. So that your ways may be known on earth your salvation among all nations. Lord, we pray for those three ladies on the side of that road, you know where they are now. And Lord, we pray that they would know that you are a God of grace, that you love them, that you care for them. We pray for the Dalit people of the world, that they would know that they're created in the image of God, that they are loved by you, they've been rescued by you, saved by that you have come to give them life, life to the full. May the nations be glad and sing for joy. That's our prayer, that people would find joy in you, in your love and your grace. May the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. May the lands yield its harvest. God, our God, bless us. May God bless us still so that all the ends of the earth will fear him. Lord, we pray that you would help us to be pipes. We know the challenges of this world and how many messages there are to each one of us actually to store and to keep. But Lord, help us to be pipes. Help us to be conduits of your love, conduits of your blessing, that Lord, others would be blessed in and through our lives. Lord, we need your help. Lord, come, use us to bless others, we pray. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to continue to worship and I love this song. It speaks of the air we breathe. It's just another reminder that everything we have, even the breath in our lungs, comes from Him and is to be used to bless others. Let's worship Him here just to finish this morning.